0: Okay, so that concludes 20 minutes of silent meditation. I would encourage you to keep your eyes closed and join me in the third step prayer. We're going to do the prayer very slowly, very deliberately, one breath at a time. And in between each line of the prayer, we're going to take a few breaths and do what it says to do or not to do in the prayer, mentally. Uh, This is all done silently inside So, for me, the first line of the prayer is the word God. I breathe in God. And I take a few breaths. And I do what the prayer is asking me to do. I think the prayer is asking me to make a connection with this thing we call God. I do it by calling to it internally, inside, to try to awaken that connection with that thing that I call God. You can call it whatever you want. Just take a few breaths and continue calling to it. And when I'm ready, I breathe out the next line of the prayer. I offer myself to Thee. And I take a few breaths and I check in with my mental state. I check in with my commitment to that offering. How committed am I to offering myself to my higher power today, right now? I breathe in the next line of the prayer, to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. And I take a few breaths, and I try to see if there isn't a a feeling or a a sense or a knowing of what my higher power might want to build with me or do with me today, right now. Breathe out, relieve me of the bondage of self, and I try to see if I could feel or sense or have the sensation of no self, just breathing in and breathing out with no story no opinions, no old ideas, just a quiet mind. And I breathe in that I may better do thy will. Again, I take a few breaths and I contemplate how much better could I do God's will if I had a quiet mind. And I breathe out, take away my difficulties And I take a few breaths and I look over my day today so far and I try to see where were my difficulties where were my blocks what got in the way of me being the person that I think God would have me be today And I breathe in that victories over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. And I take a few breaths. And I think about the rest of my day today. And I think about the people I might come in contact with and I think about how I might affect them if I truly was an example of God's love and God's power and God's way of life. And I breathe out the last line of the prayer, may I do thy will always. myself to smile, and I picture myself doing God's will right here, right now, always. whenever you're ready gently open your eyes allow yourself to take a moment to be conscious of the breath going in and out of your body and to be conscious of the seeing that's happening now that your eyes are open just allow yourself to see to be aware that you're seeing not no stories about what you are seeing Make it about seeing. <laughs> I'm seeing God. I'm seeing a rock. I'm seeing a painting. I'm seeing a doorknob. I'm seeing a computer screen. So, I'm Randy and I'm alcoholic. Uh, There's some new people here today, so I'm going to tell you what that means for me. (laughs) I would have told you anyway. But for me, what it means to be alcoholic is that my body has become allergic to alcohol. And because I'm allergic to alcohol, I can never, ever drink alcohol successfully again. If I do drink alcohol today, which I might, I would be drinking alcohol to try to kill the pain of my self-talking mind and I would be drinking alcohol with the knowledge that I'm allergic to alcohol and that I'm taking a substance that I'm allergic to that might potentially kill me and others because I will black out and I will drink until there's no more drinking to be done or until I pass out and I will ruin some relationships and I will ruin my job and I will ruin my places to live And I will ruin my life because of the allergy to alcohol. But the reason I would be drinking it would be to kill the pain of my mind. And my mind is incredibly painful in alcoholism. With the disease of alcoholism, I have a mind that talks to me. It talks to me in my own voice. And it manifests today, in this day, as a self-talking, unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry, easily frustrated and can't stand the word no. And because I have that mind, because of that self-talking mind, I get into emotional pain. How painful is it to have a mind that tells me you have to have something? I have to have that. If I have that, then I'll be happy. And then I get that thing, exactly what my mind told me was the thing that would make me happy. And then that same mind and that same voice says, oh, that's not enough, we need that plus this, then you can be happy. And it's always moving the target. And I'm always unsatisfied because that is the nature of the disease. And that's why I drink again and again and again, even though I know that drinking isn't gonna solve the, the problem. Drinking doesn't give me a satisfied mind, but drinking, when it worked, drinking allowed me to relax into the moment and not worry about anything. Drinking calmed my mind for a very long time, but it doesn't work anymore because I've become allergic to it. So now I'm here, I'm at Alcoholics Anonymous and there's 12 steps, and the 12 steps is a program of living, it's a way of life where drinking isn't necessary. So if I will apply these 12 steps, what it says in the beginning of the 12 and 12, Alcoholics Anonymous' 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in their nature, which, if practiced as a way of life, right now is the only moment I can practice it. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, not later, right now. Which, if practiced as a way of life, can expel my obsession to drink, and enable me to become, and, they, and enable me, the sufferer, to become happily and usefully whole. That's all I've ever wanted, was to be a little bit happy, and a little bit useful, and a little bit whole. That's all I ever wanted. And that's what the 12 steps gives me. It doesn't give me a girlfriend, it doesn't give me a car, it doesn't give me a job, it gives me a way of life where I can be happily and usefully whole. And in my happiness, people are attracted to me. And in my usefulness, people are attracted to me. And the jobs show up, and the money shows up, and the relationship shows up. But it doesn't show up before I don't get the girl and then get happy and useful. I get happy and useful, and then the girl shows up. And I get happy and useful through the 12 steps and then the job shows up. And it says it in the fourth step. It says once I straighten out spiritually, I straighten out mentally and physically. Not the other way around. So I've got to live this program. I've got to live it and I've got to live it right now. And the living starts like this. In step one, I admit that I'm a complete defeat at being okay in this moment because I have alcoholism. I'm a complete defeat at being okay on my own power, which is the power of the disease, to be okay, to accept my life the way it is, to enjoy this moment, to be present. So in that admission is all of the strength that's needed. This is what it says. It says, my admission of personal powerlessness, that I am personally powerless to be okay in this moment with my disease of alcoholism, untreated. My admission of personal powerlessness finally turns out to be the firm bedrock upon which a happy and purposeful life can be built. Until I admitted that I couldn't stop drinking, I couldn't stop drinking. As long as I thought... That one day I was going to be able to quit drinking if I just read the right book or tried harder or went to the right drying out place or found the right sponsor. As long as I thought that I could manage my drinking, I drank. It wasn't until the day that I said, holy crap, I can't not drink. I can't drink anymore because it's killing me and I can't not drink because my mind won't let me not drink. That is the day that I quit drinking. Not one minute before that. And so today, right now, I admit that I'm a complete defeat at being okay today on my own power. And that my life, my inner thought life has become unmanageable by me. I cannot manage it. I cannot think the right thoughts in order to keep myself from drinking or eating or smoking or gambling or sexing or buying stuff. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter what what the thing is that I do. What matters is that I have an unsatisfiable mind. And even when I get exactly what I want, I'm still not satisfied. So I do more, always more, to try to be satisfied. And there is no satisfying an unsatisfiable mind. So therein lies the insanity. And so when I get to the place where I stand ready to do anything which will lift my merciless obsession, which is to be self-satisfied, I get to walk into step two. And right here, right now, I get to start coming to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. I'm gonna have to do something to get that belief. It doesn't, it's, this is not a blind faith program. I, count, I don't believe in your God, I do not. I don't care what you, how you describe it, or what you think of it, or how great it's helped you, I cannot recover on your God, on your higher power. I have to come to believe that a higher power could restore me to sanity. And I have to do it by doing something. And what I have to do is rightly relate myself right now. What I get to do if I want to have the experience of being restored to sanity, which to me, being restored to sanity doesn't mean that crazy stuff doesn't happen in my life. Crazy stuff still happens in my life. People get sick, people die, uh, uh, people have car accidents, people lose jobs. Lots of crazy stuff still happens in my life. But my mind can be at peace while those things are happening. And that's what I think being restored to sanity is, is to be able to be at peace in this moment, to have a moment of peace, a moment of a quiet mind. And so I rightly relate myself to my higher power right now in order to find that and what rightly relating sounds like to me is God. Could you be with me? Power. Could you be with me? Could you be here with me right now? Could you protect me from my mind? Could you help me to be the person that you'd have me be today? Could you guide me and direct me? And then I tell that power all of my fears and all of my hopes and all of my ambitions, And everything I think I need to be happy. And then I ask it what it thinks. And then I'm quiet. And what happens is at the end of that conversation, of me rightly relating myself to my higher power, my mind gets quiet. And there is quiet. And in that quiet, something new could come some new inspiration, a new thought, a new direction, some new power. But when I have enough of those moments of peace, enough of those moments of quiet, I can make a decision. And the decision is to turn my will and my life over to the care of God right now, as I understood it, because I did something in two, and now it's understood by me that there is a power, that I have a personal relationship with that power, and that when I rightly relate myself personally to that power, I get a peaceful mind. I get a quiet, even if it's just a moment and something real is happening, and the real decision can be made. It's not magic. I'm not turning my will and my life over to some, some magic god that gives me presents when I'm a good boy and punishes me when I'm a bad boy. No, I have a relationship with the something that when I talk to that something, when I tell that something exactly where I'm at today, that something helps me have a quiet mind. When I talk to the disease about where I'm at, All I have is unsatisfied, fault-finding, opinionated mind. So at the end of step three, you're there, or you're here, because here is where there is. There is no there there. This is where I want to get to. I want to get to right here, right now, to being present, to being okay, to having a quiet mind, to being open to some guidance from the universe. And it's great, and it's quiet, and it's beautiful. And then the phone rings and it's my brother and he wants some money because I owe him money. But I don't think I owe him the money. I think he owes me the money and I have a resentment against that brother. And as soon as I see his name on my cell phone, all that quiet goes away and the self-talking mind is re-energized and the moment I see his name and it starts talking to me about my brother and about money and about what a loser I am, and how nothing ever works out for me. And it takes me right back into alcoholism. And that's why the fourth step is the fourth step because I've had a little experience with a quiet mind. But I can't keep, I can't stay there. I can't stay in the quiet mind if I have all these resentments that I haven't looked at. And my resentments, see, a resentment is something that I know personally that's true That I know it to be true, that you did this to me, and you need to pay a price for it. That's what a resentment is. And the only way out of resentments is the fourth step. And it's a terrible process, I'm sorry to say, but it is a terrible process. But we're going to do it, because this meeting is called Principles in Application. This is about doing it. So we've meditated. I don't know if we did. I did. I've meditated. I've prayed. I've been trying to carry the message of Alcoholics Anonymous. That's another practice. That's the practice in the 12th step. And and now we're going to look at the fourth step. I'm going to read about it. I'm hoping that you might hear something. It doesn't matter if you hear anything. Really what matters is if you're going to do what the instructions say to do or not do. So... This is what it says at the bottom of page 63 on the big book. We're going to do the fourth step out of the big book. Next, I launched out on a course of vigorous action, the first step of which is a personal house cleaning. So there's going to be a lot of action needed, and it's going to be a house cleaning, which I had never attempted before. Even if I've done a fourth step before, this is a new fourth step, and this one I've never attempted before. Though my decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God, as I understood it, was a vital and crucial step, it could have little permanent effect unless at once followed by a strenuous effort to face and be rid of the things in myself which had been blocking me. So, the purpose of the fourth step is to see the things in myself which are blocking me from having this quiet mind, from having this relationship with a higher power in this moment. My liquor was but a symptom. So, I have to get down to causes and conditions. I don't drink because of liquor, I don't drink because of alcohol. I drink because of myself, talking, unsatisfiable, fault finding opinionated mind. Alcohol was the treatment for the disease, not the problem. It only became a problem on the outside when I became allergic to it. So this is not a program of stopping drinking. It's a way of life where drinking isn't necessary. And if you're like me and the obsession to drink has been removed, when that happened, I thought, oh, I'm working a good program. I no longer have the obsession to drink. All I need to do now is go to a couple of meetings, maybe talk to a newcomer once in a while and I'll be fine. But that was not my experience. (laughs) Therefore, I'm going to start on a personal inventory right now. This is the fourth step. A business that takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. So not taking inventory in the outside world, in the material world, is, is, not, a, uh, is not a great uh, way to run a business. Taking a, commercial inventory, uh, taking a commercial inventory is a fact-finding and fact-facing process. It's an effort to discover the truth about what's going on in that business, about the stock in trade. One object is to disclose damage and unsalable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. So for myself, I'm not a business, I'm a person. I'm going to have to find the things in me that are damaged or unusable so I can get rid of them so that I could be happy, useful, and whole. If I'm going to be successful, I cannot fool myself about who I am. What, what that says, what, if you read that sentence, that is saying, I'm going to need to become rigorously self-honest. And in in how it works, it says it also. It says, those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. Usually, men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. It says there are such unfortunates. I am that unfortunate. I am the unfortunate one that is incapable of being honest with myself. Constitutionally, the way that I'm made as an alcoholic with alcoholism, I am constitutionally incapable of being honest with myself. Uh, I'm not at fault, by the way. I seem to have been born this way. I am naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. My chance at life, at making it, at being okay, at having a quiet mind, is less than average. There are those two, you guys, all of you, not me, you guys have grave emotional and mental disorders. (laughs) Couldn't be talking about me. It has to be you guys. And... You know, if we were in a room together, I would spend most of the time after hearing that sentence, how it works, read in a meeting trying to figure out which ones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got grave emotional and mental disorders. He might not make it. Uh, And then one day I realized that every day that they read that and every day that I looked around that room, I was the guy in the room. I was the one there. And I realized that I have grave emotional and mental disorders. It's called alcoholism but I have a chance of recovery if I have the capacity to be honest. So the fourth step is where I'm gonna find out if I have that capacity. The fourth step is actually where I'm going to learn how to be rigorously self-honest. I'm gonna stop fooling myself about my values. I do exactly the same thing with my life. I take stock honestly. First, I searched out the flaws in my makeup which caused my failure. So, my failure is caused by me. I'm going to look at the flaws in my makeup that caused my failure, not the the flaws in your makeup that caused my failure. This is my inventory. I'm going to have to see the flaws in my makeup that caused my failure being convinced that self manifested in various ways what was was what has defeated me i consider its common manifestations so i have to be convinced by the way life will convince me that self manifested in various ways Telling me that drinking is okay when I'm allergic to it. Telling me that sugar is okay when I'm allergic to it. Telling me that shopping is okay when I'm broke. Telling me that driving 80 miles an hour is fine so long as you keep an eye in the back mirror and you don't see any cops. Telling me that going to Vegas and putting it all on the hard eight is okay. Because I'll probably win. And then I'll be happy because I'll have enough money to do something that I want to do. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways. Oh, oh, if I just buy that new car, then I'll be happy. Was what has defeated me. So self, my own self, is what has defeated me. Not alcohol, not you, not my job, not my wife, not my circumstances, not even my parents. Self manifested in various ways is what has defeated me. So I'm going to stop talking there. Uh, the, the, now I've never suggested this before, but I'm going to suggest that if you're going to do this four step, if you're going to go through this four step with this group and you're going to do this, I would suggest that you take a moment sometime today And you get out a pen and a piece of paper and you write out how self has manifested in various ways to defeat you. Just write a paragraph and start it out like this. Dear God, comma, new line. This is the things I think in myself that have defeated me. And write. And just write. And it doesn't matter what you write. Just write. It's a lot like the uh, pages in the artist's way. Just write. Whatever comes to your mind. Don't edit it. Don't time it. Just write. When you're done, put the pen down. But do that exercise and see what happens for you. See what shows up. Uh, Next Saturday, we're going to actually start the actual four-step, the the writing down of the names of the people that I resent or that I have a grievance against. So, um, I'm going to stop talking now. We're going to open the meeting up and give you all some time to share or ask a question. Uh, The meeting's open. I am recording this meeting so you could go back and listen to this talk again at some point and we record your questions and your shares so if you share it is going to be recorded and it is made available to the group and, and to anybody who finds us. So if you don't want to be recorded and you want to ask a question, you could put it in the chat or you can tell me that you don't want to be recorded and you want to share and I will stop the recording and that's it. So the meeting is open. Thank you. Who would like to share? Yes, Ru.
1: Hi, it's Rue, Now I'm an alcoholic. Um, I love this meeting, and my sponsor is here, um, Rebecca, she always reminds me to tune in, and I like hearing you speak and, um, you know, hearing your truth, Randy, and um, I mean, it's hard for me to meditate lately. I don't know why. It's like I sit quietly, but it, my mind doesn't quiet, and I think it's because <laughs> I'm always trying to find a distraction from, you know, from myself, and I turn to other things, whatever they might be at the time, but I, you know, just being quiet and present still is, is a way of meditating or being at one with myself and relating myself truthfully to you guys nice too. Because like you were saying, everybody has their own truth and their own God. And what I heard this saying, and it's so funny, what works for me might kill you and vice versa. But, you know, we all want that relationship, you know, an honest, rigorous uh, relationship with ourselves, with myself and other people and also my God, a higher power. Um, but I also lately find that just showing up is halfway there. Like you need to actually be here, you know, now and not really worry about what might happen afterwards. It's just making the right action towards the right thing, you know, and those intuitive moments do happen. Like, you know, synchronicity does happen in life and serendipitous moments where things just unfold as they should without me really even trying if i if i turn myself in and surrender to this force you know this universal truth or god you know i think it's present in everybody's lives and and whatever fraction or you know um strength but it's like doing it every day doing it consistently and honestly and um and trying you know to trying to do the right thing because i think we all know the right from wrong i think every human being knows that internally we have this most people barometer of truth and we just decide or choose not to do it for whatever reason but you know like you were saying whatever you do outside of yourself whatever you see outside of yourself cannot fill that void you know within myself whatever i throw at it it's not going to fix the problem so um, it might fix it for the moment, but then my unsatisfied mind, like you were saying, is going to constantly look for another distraction, another fulfillment, um, another thing or a person or, you know, place to feel okay, but it only works for that little bit. And after a while, it doesn't even work. Like alcohol, it, doesn't, it worked for a while and then it stopped working because I was only treating the problem. I wasn't treating, I wasn't solving the problem, you know. So with that said, I think I just really, you know, it's a meditation and quietness and peacefulness that you find by being amongst people with my condition, you know, and, and treating this disease by doing the steps, you know. And I've done my steps a long time ago, 12 years ago, actually, when I first got sober. And, you know, doing it again is kind of hard because even though I think I'm doing the right thing on a daily basis, I might not be doing it. You know, it's, it's, uh, I always try to cut corners and get the easiest, you know, do the easiest thing possible, with minimal effort, you know, just to get where I want to be. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work that way. I know it, take, it takes a lot of, you know, discipline and humility and, and, and working those steps, you know, and being with people with my disease to working with my sponsor, calling my friends, you know, being, showing up for my, for my family and, and myself. And I normally don't do that. Even twelve years in, you know, just not drinking is not enough. So mm-hmm. it's a spiritual application. Anyway, thank you guys and I'm really happy to be here.
0: Thanks for Eric.
2: Hey everybody. Uh I'm Eric an alcoholic. Hi, Eric. Good to see you all. Um unfortunately I've been able to make the Saturday version of the Randy meeting, but uh I chimed in today and uh you were talking about the four step, and I the, uh, the 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 letter to to God or to the, the beginning of. Uh, can you review that again? I I didn't fully hear the lead in there. I'd love to to formulate a little letter to God. I'm, I'm ready for that. Can you repeat that?
0: Sure, sure. So the what the book says is being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what has defeated me. I consider it's common manifestations. So what I would recommend that you do is just write a letter. Start it out with Dear God. And uh, you could say, you know, please help me to see the ways in which self is manifesting and defeating me. And then write. Just write. Don't edit it. Don't try to think of clever ways, just write whatever comes to your mind through that little ceremony of starting it off with dear God and see what happens. Uh, It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to read it. You're not going to read it to anybody. It's, It's for your own, you know, just for your own information to start to become convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated me. So I look at my driving, my buying, my shopping, my eating, my drinking, my drugging, my smoking, even though I haven't smoked since I'm 19 for a a while, self said smoking was a great idea, great idea. If you smoke, you know what it said? It said, if you start smoking, that girl that's not interested in you anymore, that was once might be interested in you again. And I said, that sounds like a good idea. Self said that. No, no friend encouraged me to do that. Nobody outside of me said that was a good idea. I didn't run it by anybody because I was pretty sure it was a stupid idea. But because self said it, I believed in and I did it. And then for seven years from 12 to 19, I smoked cigarettes and never got the girl. Ruined my lungs from 12 to 17. But it was seemed like a good idea at the time. But that's one of the ways that self has defeated me. And I, It's just interesting to see that it's my own mind that's killing me. Nobody else. Does that help a little bit? Indeed it does. Yeah. Yeah. I've
3: been brewing this letter to God for a while. And uh, I have varying forms. Like my morning
2: inventory has the caption of, or the the, how is self-sufficiency failing me? And so Mm. every day I'm writing that much down. But I want to take it. To the, to the level you're talking about and do another, you know, uh, another proper uh, airing out of that from, for, you know, current, current status. Nice. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. Have great days, everybody. Thank you.
0: Cindy, hold on a second. Okay. Venisha.
4: Hi, everyone. Felicia your alcoholic. Hi, Venetia. Thanks, Randy. It's always lovely to yes. meditate. Always good. And um, uh, when you said at the beginning, you said something about that your drinking allowed you, you praised it just in a way that really touched me, but it allowed you to relax into the moment and not worry about anything. And it was like a sort of, so when you said that, it was like a soothing balm. I was like, yep. And it ties in with... Um, That beautiful question has, you know, has self defeated us? It's a really, really, but to really sort of um, dive into it, not just to give it to the mind to give an answer to it, um, to pray on it, you know, to to bring God into it. And um, I'm traveling tomorrow and I haven't been abroad for since before COVID, and self is. Very, very busy worrying about everything, trying to control everything, and I mean, you'd laugh if you saw my suitcase. I'm mean, going away for a week, and it looks like I'm going away for a month. But <laughs> it's just so all of that stuff about you know the underbelly of fear and trying to control and not trusting and the the sort of ego and self is just really on it. Um, but to take time out and just um, listen and be part of. Um, the solution and it the step four I love you talked a bit, I enjoyed listening to you the other day. There's so many different ways that one can approach step four. Um practically there are different systems and things. Um and I'm actually doing another one in another fellowship at the moment and it's all about the questions, I think. And then I because the first the, the first step four I did no it was it was a life story. It was utterly pointless. I didn't get to look at my path, I didn't get to see what my beliefs were um, and what what I was running under and what I was running, you know, I didn't get to see any of it. And so it just was like, bleh, and it didn't really solve anything. But the insights that one can get are great, really. And it, it's not that I can step for my myself to anything, because sometimes I can use that. It's like, I'll write it out and then I'll be okay. And that's just another way self tries to organise life. So, Lovely to be part of the meeting, and um, I'm sure all would be well. I'm going on a silent retreat, literally. So, oh, nice. God, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Nice, enjoy. <laughs> so,
4: I'll miss you next Saturday. Okay,
0: Thanks. enjoy.
4: Thanks.
0: Okay, Ed, you're up.
3: Thanks. I'm Ed. I'm um, alcoholic. Hi, Ed. And um, hi, Randy. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, there was one question I want to ask, but just quickly, I'll just, um, yeah, I'm about to start. I finished my step three, met up with my sponsor today, um, read out step three, um, and it was, yeah, it was just a nice experience. I feel I've kept relapsing basically. I'm, I'm now over 90 days, but I've just been chronic, chronic sort of relapse for, um, I guess seven years, um, with like a little bit of time at the points, but, um, and the, the obsession to drink and use, use drugs has, has been lifted now. Like, and it, it just wasn't going. It was just stuck. I, I was just, I couldn't get out of that. And that's now that, that has been lifted now. Um, <laughs> so I feel, I feel really fucking grateful. And I think that God, that my understanding of God has done that. Um, and yes, yeah, so I'm about to do step four. I guess what I wanted to ask you, I was sort of, because I relate to, um, you know, this what you describe about the fault finding, opinionated mind, centered in self, all, all that stuff. I, you know, I've heard you say it before, and I always, you know, I, re- I really, um, yeah, I relate to it, and I know that other people who I chat to in my recovery sort of have that same mind, and I, I, I guess I was sitting here in this meeting thinking. If you would say, like, what caused, cause I, cause I did, I studied a little tiny bit of psychology. So I guess I'll try and, like, work out why or, like, is that a per, is that, a, like, someone who's just high in neuroticism or something? Or is that narcissism? Or may, maybe it's, maybe it doesn't have a cause or anything. And, and I know this is kind of irrelevant anyway, cause it's not about why, but it doesn't, it's still, I still am interested in what you think why Why is that um, what causes that condition if
0: you have to say yeah yeah uh, I'm not at fault I seem to have been born this way I am naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty I don't know why and it doesn't matter why because I have it I have alcoholism. Why does someone get cancer? I mean, some people smoke their whole lives, never get lung cancer. Some people get it at 30 and die. Why? Who cares? If I don't smoke, I have a better chance of not getting lung cancer. But the the why doesn't help me in any way because the disease has to be treated regardless of why I have it uh What I will find out is the whys of 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 my resentments why I have them isn't it because self reliance has always failed me so there is no there is no mm, there is no benefit to figuring out why you have it unless you could figure out how to stop other people from having it. But I have it, and it has to be treated, and there's no why involved. Does not matter one bit to me why. It's what I got. Some people are born with no legs. Why? Why? I don't know, but they still got to get around, so you better figure out how to get them around. You know what I mean? I I have alcoholism. And I'm going to tell you something. I thought becoming an alcoholic was the worst thing that could ever happen to me. And because of alcoholism, I have the best life I've ever known. And I wouldn't trade my alcoholism for anybody else's healthy mind, not for one minute, because I have the best life I've ever known today because of alcoholism. And I have the best friends in my life because of alcoholism. And I have the best relationships and the best jobs and the best Everything that's good in my life is because of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I give the program all of the credit, and so I don't care why. I'm just grateful that it happened. I'm a grateful alcoholic. Uh, I think it's the best thing that ever happened to me, and I think it's the whole reason I came to the planet was to become an alcoholic and have this life. So I'm grateful for it. Thank you, God. Thank you. I'm happy. I'll do whatever you want. Show me what you want me to do. I'm here for you. Just show me what. Because when I do that, I have the best life I've ever known. So thanks for that question, because I needed to have that answer for myself today. I hope that was helpful for you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Ed. Just keep going for it. You'll see. It's awesome. Who's next? We got three minutes. We got a three-minute share out there. Yes, Colin. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Raddy. I'm Colin. I'm an addict. Hi, Colin. Um, we Carlism. Mm. It's been really nice to sit and listen today and look a step forward. Um, and good to see some old friends on the meeting who don't usually come. You know who you are. Mm-hmm. yeah step four it really took me back it, a couple of things there because um, so I've done step four a couple of times the first time I did step four I was completely defeated myself in the process of doing step four and what I mean by that is there were some people who had harmed me in my perception that didn't deserve to be forgiven I wasn't ready to forgive them. They'd done me too grievous a harm to go in my step four and be forgiven. And it took me, I think my sponsor had to tell me, before I could even start tackling it, that in step four we forgive the behavior, sorry, we forgive the person. That doesn't mean we forgive the behavior. No, I held on to those resentments because I didn't want to let those people off the hook. They didn't deserve to be let off the hook. And it took my second step or my second go at it to finally realize that I'm not letting them off the hook, I'm letting me off the hook. The person who gets relief from this process the person that wins their freedom from this process is me Mm -hmm. it's got nothing to do with the person i resent at all Mm -hmm. yes step four is a wonderful step it can be painful like you said i I recently took a couple of sponsors for it and they were in a terrible place after four before we did five so it can be painful Mm -hmm. But nothing in life that's worth having comes easy, Randy. Mm. And step four is a crucial step for unblocking ourselves so that we can hear Mm. that little little, tiny voice Mm. of God helping us to live our life, helping us to retain our sanity Mm. and helping me to be happy, joyous and free. Right. So thank you. I look forward to going through this whole 12 steps with you, Randy. Thank you. And uh, thank
0: you for taking us through the beginnings of Step Four Today. Yeah, here we go. Thanks, Colin. That was perfect. Great ending to this meeting. Thank you all. I appreciate you all so much. Uh, uh, I always say this, but I probably was way too busy to sit down and meditate today on my own. But because we had this meeting and it's the format of the meeting, I meditated for 20 minutes. So I thank you for keeping me in the box so that I would get my 20 minutes of meditation today. Um, We'll take a moment of silence and we'll do the uh, serenity prayer. Okay, if you'd like to, you can unmute yourself and we'll do the serenity prayer together. God.
1: Uh, I God. Take to accept the things I
4: yeah. can yeah.
3: the courage yeah. to the, the things I yeah. and the, wisdom yeah.
1: yeah.
3: and the wisdom to work it. Amen. Keep back. It
4: works. If you work it, you are work Thank you all. Bye, everyone. thank you thank you Thank you. Namaste. Thank you. Thank Namaste.
1: you. Thank you.